Shalom Aleichem, everyone. Hope everyone is doing incredible. Hope everyone has had an amazing, amazing week. And hope everyone is very much looking forward to Shabbos Kodesh. This week's Parsha, his Parsha's bow. This week's Parsha and last week's Parsha, we've seen the ten Makos. Parsha's bow, Parsha's Vaira. And within, throughout the ten Makos, we've seen Moshe Rabbeinu go to Paro countless times. Now, Rav Moshe Weinberger asks, I heard this question last week, I had the Schos Baruch Hashem at being at Shal Shuris and Ish Kodesh. And he asks from the Skolena Rabbi, he says, why does Moshe Rabbeinu have to go to Paro so many times to ask to let, the, to let Klai Yisrael go? Why did Kosh Baruch Hu make it that way? Why did Kosh Baruch Hu make it that Moshe Rabbeinu had to keep on going and asking him to go ask Paro to let them go? And then Kosh Baruch Hu hardens Paro's heart each time and says, no, you can't leave. Why did he make him go each time? What's the whole, what's Akash Baruch Hu's plan here? What is he showing Moshe Rabbeinu? What's the theme here? So Moshe Weinberger answers beautiful from the Skolena Rebbe. And the Skolena Rebbe says something beautiful. He says a mushal. He says, when you want to find a well, you have to dig in the ground. And that digging process takes a long time. But every single Scoop matters. You might not realize it at the beginning, but every scoop you're getting deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper until you finally reach the water. Every scoop takes away dirt, takes away a layer until you get to that water. So now what's the mashal here? What's the nimshal with Moshe Rabbeinu and Paro? The Skolenari Rebbe says the following. He says, each time Moshe Rabbeinu went to Paro, he weakened him. He got him that much closer to giving in. Got him that much closer to realizing that HaKadosh Baruch was running the world. And that has nothing to do with him. And until finally Makash Bechor was where he burst open. He got him. But those other times, he almost got him. He weakened him each time that he went. And each time meant something. He made a dent each time in Pyro. Each time he went to Pyro, he was making a dent. Kaj Baruch wanted him to un- wanted Moshe Rabbeinu to understand that it just, doesn't, just, doesn't just take one time to crack the king, of, the king of Egypt. You have to keep on going and denting him and denting him and denting him until you finally crack him open. Emakash Bechoros. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu was taught by Kaj Baruch. It's a step by step process, and every step, every move that you make matters. And it's not just with, with Moshe Rabbeinu going to Paro. It's about the Geula. It's about Avodah Hashem. Every step that you take, no matter how small, no matter how big, it matters so much in the end of the day. It matters so much. Some, there, was a, there, was a, there was a man who once asked the Sfas Emes an amazing question. The Sfas Emes is your side, I'm pretty sure, today. And... The man asks his Fasemis, he says, How dare our generation say that we're the ones that are going to bring the Geula? There were so many Gedolim of past generations that said that were, that were unbelievable people. Why, why weren't they Zilchat to bring the Geula? Shouldn't they have brought, brought the Geula? How, how, how dare we say that? There were so many Gedolim that were way bigger than us. How dare that we say that we're the ones that are going to bring, bring the Geula? So Fasemis answered the following. He said, 
it's not you're not you're not hopping, you're not understanding. They did their tafkin in, in, in bringing the geula. It wasn't supposed to be their generation, but they did bring the geula for their generation. They did what they had to do. They took out their scoop. They took out their scoop of the whole. Now it's our turn to do the scoop. Whether it's a little bit, whether it's a giant one, it has to make a difference though. To do it, to actually take that scoop, no matter how big it is. But to try to make that dent, like Moshe Rabbeinu did each time that he went to Paro. To take that scoop out of the ground. And to eventually bring the geula. Every time we do something, when we do something great in Avodah Hashem, we're putting a brick on the base of Mikdash, Ke'ilu. That's what the Sfaz Damas is saying. They did in the past, the Gdolim, they put on bricks for us. They set out the foundations for the base of Mikdash for us. Now we just have to continue building upon it. That's what he was saying to this man. In our lives, we have to continue to do that too. And every little bit counts. Every little thing that we do counts. I heard a beautiful story yesterday about a man. His name was Mr. Richards. He went up north for the summer. He, he was not doing well. He was not feeling, not doing so well. Pretty sick. And he went to a bungalow. Went to a bungalow and found the base medrash there. And he said, for the last couple of months of my life, I'm going to learn. See, he's not so he's he's not so such a, a bucky in learning. He's not so good at learning. So he takes out an art scroll, and he can barely get through the English. And he's sitting down in a base medrash, that is, that is piping hot. You can hear the people screaming at each other with kashas, but it's the, the stark guys are learning out of regular gemaras, and all of a sudden they turn around and they see Mister Richards learning out of an art scroll gemara, saying Amar Rava, Amar Rava says, literally reading the the English words and. So one day, one of, the, one of the guys who was learning in the kolo there in, in the bungalow comes over to Mr. Richards and says, oh, what are you doing here? He says, well, um, I'm up here up north for a couple of months. It's only probably only have a couple of months left to live. And uh, I came to learn here. He says, that's so nice. So over the, over the next couple of months, Mr. Richards and this, and this uh, kolo this Kolo, uh, Kolo guy became closer and uh, it was like getting near the, the last days of the summer and um, Mr. Richards comes in one day and he doesn't look so happy. And the Kolo guy goes over to Mr. Richards and he says to him, why are you, why are you so upset? He's like, I don't understand. I, I, I can barely get through the art scroll side of the Gemara. Why does it even matter? Why, do I even, why does it matter that I even do this? I don't see anything changing in my life. I don't see anything changing in your lives. I don't think I'm doing anything. So the Kolo guy responds to him. Pretty sure his name is Rav Polchik. He responds to him and he says, You have no idea how much of an impact you're making. I'm going to give you a mashal. From the conductor Tuscanini. Tuscanini was a huge conductor of music and the story goes about him is that he once had to listen one night to a a beautiful piece that was supposed to come onto the radio 
And uh, one person wanted to interview him that same night. So he called up Toscanini. He said, I want to interview you. And Toscanini said, no, I have to listen to this piece at 7.45. And I ha- it has to be complete silence in my, ha- silence in my house. Because I need to listen to every little note of the piece. So on and so forth. And uh, the interviewer said, okay, um, can I come just watch you and not talk? And he's like, yeah, if you don't say a word. So he comes and he sits down and he watches Toscanini. They both listen to the piece. And after the piece is over, Toscanini is pacing back and forth in the room. And the man decides and says, okay, I got to break the ice. The interviewer says, I have to break the ice. I have to ask him a question. Like, what's going on? And the, the interviewer asks and he says, like, it was a beautiful piece. No. Toscanini says, are you crazy? It was terrible. It was so bad. And the interviewer says, why was it so bad? Toscanini says, it's a 120-piece orchestra. I missed one of the violins. One of the violins was missing. And the interviewer is looking at him like, how do you know that? Are you crazy? How are you supposed to know that? You just listened. (laughs) You weren't there. He's like, yeah, there there was one violinist missing out of the 15. There was supposed to be 15 and there was 14. Therefore, it didn't sound right. Because I know how it's supposed to sound. I know it's supposed to sound and they would have sounded perfect if they had 15. He's like, okay, you're nuts. So the next day the interviewer goes and he asks, and he's talking to some people about the piece us the other, the other night, uh, about the person that wrote the piece. And he's like, it was an amazing piece us. And he's like, yeah, unfortunately we missed one of our violinists that night though. And the interviewer goes like, oh my God, he was right. He was right. Tuscanini was right. And he's thinking, how do he know that? So he goes back to Tuscanini. And Tuscanini says the following again. He says, I, I know. I listened. I know how it's supposed to sound. You don't. I'm a conductor. I know how it's supposed to sound. And every piece is needed for that piece of music to sound the way it is. So now what does Rabbi Polchik say to Mr. Richards? Rabbi Polchik says to Mr. Richards, he says, Kalal Yisrael needs every single violinist. If there's only 14, it's not good because the Kaddish Baruch Hu doesn't have the perfect flow of music that he needs. The conductor doesn't have the perfect flow of music that he needs. It might seem like if, you're, if they have 14, like within this world, that it's okay. But up there, Kaddish Baruch, when he's looking down, he sees that there's a violinist missing. So every single time you open that Gemara, you're the 15th violinist that's making it sound amazing. So you need to sit down and learn. You're making a difference. Kaddish Baruch notices that you're here, notices that you're sitting down to learn, and he notices that you're struggling and you're learning, and you're trying your best to. So you continue to learn. So Mr. Richards, for the rest of his life, continued, sat down every single day, tirelessly over his Gemara. And a couple of months later, right, Polchik gets a call and he hears Mr. Richards passes away. And his son at the Levaya comes running over to Right, Polchik, he says, thank you so much. You have no idea what you did for my father. Until the end of his life, every single time he opened the Gemara, he would say, I'm ready to play violin for Akash Baruch Hu.
I'm ready to play violin for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Every single time we do something, we're doing a chastei Hashem for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're, it matters. Every little thing matters. Every time Moshe Rabbeinu went to Paro, it made a dent. Every single time you open a Gemara, it makes a dent. Every single time you open a Tanakh, it makes a dent. Every single time you say a Bracha, it makes a dent. And eventually, just like Moshe Rabbeinu did, we'll be Zaycha to bring Mashiach Tzid Kenu if we continue to make Brachas, to open Gemaras, to open Sidurim, to, open, to, go, to go to Davening, to do Chas De Hashem, We'll see the Gaulish Slam of Mehirabi Aminu Amen have an incredible, incredible Shabbos.